like the Lord wants me to share this with you all. Um, you know, most of you have grown up in church or have parents that are Christians or whatever. Um, and so you know a lot about this story that I'm going to tell you. But God, who created the universe, had a son. His name was Jesus. And he was, he was in the beginning when everything was created. And he was with his Father and the Holy Spirit when they decided to make man. They said, let us make man in our own image. And I just feel really impressed by the Holy Spirit to just go ahead and tell you that story. That Jesus, who was fully God, down to earth and became a man. He thought like a man. He talked like a man. He walked like a man. And he lived a perfect life. Like a perfect one. Not not like, oh, I, I lived mostly right or I obeyed these commandments. But he lived a blameless life. Nobody, nobody could say anything bad about him except for the fact that, you know, he liked to hang out with his disciples and liked to eat, apparently called him a glutton, but that's beside the point. Anyways, he he goes and and he realizes that he's got to die. He's got to die so that we have to be with him, so that we can be with him. Because that very that very time in in the beginning of creation, when he decided to make man, it was for himself, and that he loved us from the beginning of time, before he knew each one of you. Before you guys were even formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. He loved you. And living a perfect and sinless life, he came and took on our sin. Every sin from, you know, back way, you know, when Adam first sinned, to all the sin that's going to be committed. And that's a lot of sin. So he took that all on himself. And his his own father couldn't even look at him. His own father, while he was hanging on the cross, dying for you and dying for me, his own father had to turn his back and say, I can't look at you because you're dark to me. So most of you know the story that Jesus did die. But let me tell you, three days later, just as he prophesied, he rose again. And he did all that so that we could be free. It wasn't something that, you know, it wasn't something that he was obligated to do. He decided to do it willingly. He was like, you know, there's a lot of other ways that I'm sure they could have gone about it. But he took a really painful route. Because I don't know if you guys know what crucifixion is like you know nails in your hands and your feet they dislocate your shoulders and you can't breathe until you just die you hang there and they typically break your legs so it was a really painful process and he, he took that on so that way we could understand we could know this love that he was completely he was the god he's god of everything and he decided to make himself a lowly servant to serve us because he wanted to be with us. And I just, I felt like I needed to tell you that story just because like, it's not, it's not just a story, it's reality. And
And I don't, I don't know if, you know, who in here believes that or not, but, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to ask, you know, if there's anybody in here that doesn't know Jesus as their Savior, that doesn't have a, a relationship with God, and they want one, then, you know, we can, we'll be happy to pray with you. We want to, we want to do that. Um, we'll just take a few minutes, like, but I just really feel like, like that's what we're supposed to do. Like that's the direction. Cause I really feel like God wants to communicate his heart to each one of you in here Cause, and make it reality because it's not just a story. It's not just something that happened long ago, but it's a, it's a, something that's it's real <laughs> it's just it's real so if if there's anybody here you know I'll hand that over to Bill I don't know what you want to do but guys if you don't have Jesus in your life your life is empty that's just straight up how it is and I'm not talking about if you don't have Jesus in uh, you know if you don't have a Bible then your life is empty I'm not talking about if you don't go to church then your life is empty I'm not talking about if if you don't when people say are you a Christian you say yeah your life is empty I'm saying if you don't have a personal, deep down, in your heart, understanding of God, so that you can say, man, I'm not just some person that calls myself a Christian. I know God, and God knows me. Then your life is empty, and I can attest to that, because you know what? Even as a Christian, there are areas of my life that are empty. There are areas of my life that are empty because I don't know God the way I need to know God in certain parts of my life. So the reality is this. We've got to have a knowledge and understanding of God. Now what Bethany's talking about specifically tonight is this. If you think you're cool the way you are and you don't need help from God, I got news for you. You're not a Christian. You're not a Christian. If you can sit in here tonight and say, you know, I'm just good the way I am. I don't really need help from God. You're not a Christian. Now, some of you guys might be like, what? No, I'm a Christian. I go to church. Being a Christian, being like Christ, means taking your life and saying, you know what? My life is really rubbish. I can't measure up. I'm not good enough. I fail all the time. But God, I need your help. 
because I realize that I've done stuff that's wrong and it's called sin and I can't get rid of it so I'm going to throw it down at your feet and I ask you to help me because I've looked around I've looked this way and I've looked that way and there's nothing that can really help me out of the mess I'm in but maybe, just maybe you can help me and a lot of times this is what we say here we are We're at the verge of making a choice to follow God. And we say, okay, God, I'm going to test it out. I'm going to see if if this thing's really real. Jesus isn't looking for that kind of faith. Because that's not faith, putting your toe in the water. It's not faith to say, all right, God, here we go. I'm going to just pretend to take a step and to see what you do. When we give ourselves to Christ, it's us going, well, here's the thing. I got no other option. God, I'm going to jump. I hope you catch me. And we jump. And there's no looking back. And there's no trial period on Christianity. Well, I'm going to try it for two weeks and see how it works. You're either in the boat or you're not in the boat. I mean, that's it. You're either in or you're not in good news is everybody can be in it's up to you you can all be in the kingdom of God you can all know the love of Christ in your heart the question is will you take the jump because a lot of us have been hanging on and saying I don't know if I can trust God the reality is until you can give God control of your life you can't call yourself a Christian Because as long as you're still trying to please yourself, the Bible said this, no one can serve two masters. Well, if you're in control of your life, if you're the master of your own life, guess what? Jesus can't be the master of your life. And I probably, you know, a lot of people probably disagree with me and say, well, this isn't a really good altar call because don't you want people to come to know Jesus? Sure. But I want you to come to know Jesus as he really is. See, knowing Jesus is not coming to church or to youth group. That's right. Knowing Jesus is not saying, hey, God, I'm going to pray a prayer. Would you punch my ticket so I can go to heaven when I die and live like hell on earth? That's not knowing God. Knowing Jesus is saying, my life stinks, God. I'd like to be more like you. I want to be like the one that created all this awesome thing that we live on. I want to be like the one that created me. So how am I going to do that? Well, I'm going to do whatever you say. I'm going to lay down my way and I'm going to pick up your way. That's why Jesus said, if you don't pick up your cross, you can't be my disciple. If you're not willing to count the cost and take up your cross, you can't can't be my disciple. You can't be a follower of Jesus. Now, I'll raise my hand before I even ask this question. But you ever feel like a failure? (laughs) I do. I fail every day. And that's what, when Bethany was talking, I was just so feeling impressed that I needed to just tell you that God needs to, to get a hold of me. He needs to get a hold of my life. He needs to get a hold of the things inside me that want to rise up against Him. And He needs to make me more like Him. And I'm saying that because you know what? We're all like that. If we're, all, if we're honest, we're all like that. 
Anybody in here can say they're totally 100% right with God? All their issues worked out? Anybody? Cool, that means I don't have to call anybody a liar in here. But the reality is we've all got issues. The question is, who's in control of your issues? And so that's really, even as Bethany was talking tonight, even as she was sharing about what happened on the cross, who's in control of your issues? Are you going to take your issue and lay it at the feet of the cross and say, Jesus, I want your issues. I'll give you my issues. That's what he told us to do. He told us to lay our burdens at his feet and to pick up his cross and follow him. And so my question tonight is, are you messing with your own issues? Are you trying to deal with your own issues? Maybe you're dealing with lust and you're thinking, hey, you know what? I can, if I can just conquer this issue, then I can really serve God. I can really be a good Christian. Let me tell you something. You will never conquer lust without God's help. It'll never happen. You gotta lay that at the feet of the at the foot of the cross and say, God, I need some help. I need some help dealing with this. Maybe you're dealing with uh, maybe you're dealing with drugs. Unless you're a youth leader in here, that would include alcohol, that would include cigarettes. Maybe you're dealing with that stuff. Substances that are illegal for you to use. Okay? Here's the deal. You can't deal with your issue. You can't. That's why they call it an addiction. You can't deal with it without the help of Christ. Maybe you're dealing with gossip. You can't stop running your mouth. You can't tame your tongue without the help of Christ. Through Christ, you can do anything. That's what the Bible says. If you know Jesus, you can, and, and He's in you, and, you're, and He's helping you, you're unstoppable. You can do all things that are according to His will. But I just want to encourage you, if you're in here tonight, and you got an issue that you've been hanging on to, Maybe you're dealing with self-image problem. Maybe you can't see yourself the way God sees you. Maybe you're dealing with an eating disorder. Maybe you're dealing with an abusive situation. Maybe you're dealing with somebody verbally abusing you, physically abusing you, sexually abusing you. You can't deal with that issue. You can't deal with that issue. You've got to let Christ deal with that issue. And when you let Him deal with that issue, it's going to feel so awesome because you're going to be free from it. It's going to feel so weird. It's going to feel like you can't do it. I can't give it up. I can't lay it down. Maybe you're dealing with unforgiveness. Maybe you're dealing with bitterness. Maybe you're dealing with anger. reality is this Christ can take care of you Jesus can set you free this is what I'm going to do I'm just going to sit here everybody just bow their heads I'm just going to pray
while I'm praying, if you feel like there's just something that you want God to do in you, if there's an issue that you're dealing with and you don't have to get up and shout out what it is, but if you just want to acknowledge before God, God, this is an issue in my life and I want you to deal with it. I'm just going to ask you to stand up where you're at. Father, we just come before you. We just acknowledge our need for you. God, we know your word says that just like stupid sheep, we've all gone astray. We've all turned aside. There's none of us that's right with you. We've all done our own thing, God. We've gotten ourselves into some mess. Maybe our mess is our own fault. Maybe somebody else's done something to us or said something to us we've allowed it to take root in our lives God tonight we just confess we have issues if you're standing I'm just going to ask you just to say quietly before the Lord just say God help me with this and just name those things that you want help with but God we just We just lay this stuff that we're naming right now. We just lay it at your feet. Set us free. Set us free. We want to be like you. We want to be free to worship you, God. We want to be free from the stuff of this world. We just ask you to come and just move in our hearts, God. We just invite you to have your way in this issue that we're laying before you. God, we just commit to take our hands off of the issues that we're putting at your feet and let you deal with them. And God, whatever you've got to do, now this is a little scary, but if you really believe this, I want you to pray with me. God, whatever you've got to do, I invite you to do in my life to deal with this in me. If I've got to change my friends, if I've got to quit my job, if I've got to change my school, if I've got to be honest with my parents, if I've got to check into rehab, whatever it is, God, I just invite you to do what you've got to do because I'll give anything up to be more like you. Just ask this in your name. Amen. Let me say one more thing real quick before I start my message, and that's this. If you prayed that prayer, I just want to encourage you to do this. That's talk about it talk about it. The Bible says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it's important that we confess our sin to God like we just did. But it's not just that. If we confess our sin one to another, we can be healed. Because see, if you're a believer in Christ and you can confess your sin to another believer, that person can minister forgiveness to you. They can walk alongside you. They can hold you accountable. They can help you through that rough time. So what I'm going to suggest to you is if you stood up, 
said, man, I got an issue that I want, I want God to deal with. This is, now this is where the rubber meets the road. Be willing, now step out and be a little scared and say, God, I am willing to put myself in relationship with somebody that's a leader in my life, that's a mentor in my life, somebody that will hold me accountable, somebody that won't let me get out of it, that will hold me to the fire and say, you're not gonna continue in this thing. And so I'm just encouraging you to do that because if, if you're really serious about getting free from something, then get help for it. Ask God for help and ask Him to send somebody to help you with it so that you can really get free. You can be accountable because the Bible says that our heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can know? What that means is your heart will make all kinds of excuses for why it's okay for you to kind of get back into the thing you're trying to get free from. Good example will be doing drugs. You know why people do drugs? They don't feel, they want to feel different than the way they feel now. Well, that's not why I do drugs. Let me tell you something. The reason people do drugs is because, honestly, their life is something they want to escape from. That's why people do drugs. Because they don't like reality. I can't, honestly, and some people just sound like that. Personally, I've never done drugs. I can't stand drugs. I can't stand not being in my own head. I have other issues. But some people are like, man, my head is too messed up. I want to get out of my head. So your mind will start to tell you all kinds of things. If you're dealing with drugs, you're like, God, I just give you that issue. And suddenly your mind's like, but it's been such a long week. Don't you just want to go smoke one joint? I know. I've never done drugs. My cousin, 17 years old, died of a drug overdose because he wouldn't get somebody to hold him accountable. He tried to use his heroin addict friends as accountability for staying off of heroin. And it didn't work. So find, find a leader in your life, a Christian leader in your life that can help you. Now one other thing I want to say is this. You know, it might seem like a lot of times at youth group we talk about the same things. Hey, God just wants to set people free from sin. Hey, God just wants to deal in people's lives. Hey, God just wants you to become a believer in him. Hey, God just wants you to deal with the issues in your life. You're like, didn't we talk about that last week? But let me tell you something. Do you just go to school and like once every seven years, you know, the enemy tries to attack you with lust or the enemy tries to attack you with gossip and it's just like not that much of a deal, right? I mean, that's not how it works at all. The reality is that we are constantly bombarded by the things of the world. And you guys honestly are not boys and girls anymore you're not little kids anymore and no longer can you stand before God there's this concept called the age of accountability and you're all there not one of you is not there no longer can you stand before God and say well God I was just a kid let me tell you something when David was your age he was killing Goliath you're not just a kid you are not just a kid. Say, I'm not just a kid. No, everybody, say, I'm not just a kid. Some of y'all just don't want to admit that because if you do, it means you're responsible. The reality is whether you admit it or not, you're responsible. And so I'm not being mean to you guys. What I'm saying is 
some of the reason the Holy Spirit keeps highlighting certain things is that God wants to bring us to a place of maturity. We talked about that a few weeks ago. But this is what we do. We say, yes, we want to follow God. Oh, let's go back into our sin. Hey, we're going to follow God. Oh, let's go back into our sin. Hey, we're going to follow God. Oh, let's go back into our sin. And we just keep up this game. And God's saying, hey, quit doing what is sinful and follow me. Get on the highway of holiness and be holy as I am holy. That means be different than the world. That means be set apart. And I hope I'm not, I'm not trying to be intense, but I'm, I'm just, I'm really feeling strongly that, you know what? God's calling you guys to be set apart. He's calling us to be set apart. He's calling us to not look like what our friends look like at school. He's calling us to not talk like they talk. He's calling us to not maybe even dress like they dress. Guys, maybe you need to pull your pants up. Girls, maybe you need to pull your shirts up. I'm serious. We got to use God's standard, not somebody else's. And I'm not here to tell you what that is. I'm just, well, I am here to tell you what that is. Let me rephrase. I'm not here to be legalistic with you, though. And I hope that you never hear me say, I can't believe you would wear that. Although, I might. Or I can't believe you would say that. But what you might hear me say is, why do you think it's okay to wear that? I don't know. Well, if you don't know, maybe you should go change. Hey, why do you think it's okay to say that? I don't know. Well, if you don't know, maybe you should shut your mouth. See, it's time to grow up. It's time not to be little kids and just do stuff without thinking. We got to start applying who we are to who God's called us to be. We've got to start applying how we act to the things that God's called us to do. Because if we don't do that, what's going to happen, Jax? called us to do. You know, Jackie was right. He didn't think he was. But what'd you say? We're going to get in trouble. What's going to happen is we're going to stand before God. He's going to say, hey, why'd you just goof off for two years during your teenage years? Do you know that 47 of your friends went to hell because you were too focused on fitting in with the world and standing up for Jesus? What are you going to say when Christ comes and says that to you? What are you going to say when he says, hey, 47 people, I sent you to your school to touch 47 people. Or maybe he says, I sent you to your school to touch 4.7 people. I don't know about the 0.7. He's God, not me. It's like you planted a seed, you know. But the question is, what are you going to do when he says, hey, what about those people that you didn't ever talk to? What about the people that I sent you to that you never showed my love to? 
What about the people that were trying to live lives for Jesus, but you were too busy trying to put one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God that they didn't know what to do and they were looking at you as an example? And what they see? They saw someone teeter-tottering, couldn't figure out what to do, and so they thought they'd do the teeter-totter with you. It's a new dance, kind of like the Rockaway. Kind of like Soldier Boy. For sure. No doubt. For shizzle-dizzle. So what I'm getting at is what you do matters. What did we talk about last week? You weren't even here. Everybody come up front here. Front row, front row, front row. What did we talk about last week? Anybody? Uni is what I talked about on Sunday. What? Hey, way to go, youth leader. Give it away. What's encouragement? Compliment people, what else? Daniel? Like if they're trying to um, do something and they don't know quite how to do it, you help them out. So helping somebody out, Julia. To give courage. That was part of the definition we talked about last week. To give courage. Who else? Jack will come up and help me hand this stuff out, Muffin. I got to bust out a bunch of names for you, you know? What? What's your name? Ryan. What? How come you don't have a nickname? I call you Harrison. That's what I call you. Because it's your last name. The reason Jackie's name is Muffin, I didn't give him that name. But on a mission trip to, where was it? Peru. Peru a couple years ago. There's this little kid, uh, another group called Cupcake. And uh, when they saw Jackie, they were like, oh, it's Cupcake's brother Muffin. And then, so then we were, they had to do this thing where they were like, get him hot, get him hot, he's cold. So everybody would rub him real fast until his whole body started like burning. It's kind of funny. I don't know if Jackie thought it was funny. <laughs> but some of the rest of us thought it was kind of funny. But Jackie, we love you, man. That's why we wanted to make sure you stayed warm. Do you have one? Does your madre have one? Yeah, listen. Hey, listen, guys. Guys in here. Guys, if you're in here and you're a guy, please listen up. Listen, listen. All right. I'm about to move all y'all. Peyton knows I'll do it. I will move you. Here's the deal. You notice I put some of the notes from last time on here just as a review. Okay. Here's the deal. If you are a guy in here, we are trying to figure out the best day to do a Bible study with you. If you are a girl in here, we are trying to figure out the best day to do a Bible study with you. These may be phone studies. They may be in-person studies. But after, as soon as I get done with this message, what I'd like to do is have all the girls come over here, all the guys come over here, 
and let's try and figure out a time like every week or every other week when we can meet. Like every other Saturday or something, you know what I'm saying? What time would it be? It'd be probably Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, something like that. Oh, it's almost time to be done. Okay. What? All right, here we go. To encourage, to stimulate by assistance or approval. To promote, advance, or foster. Okay? That's, that's like a dictionary definition. To stimulate by assistance or approval. What was the second part? To promote, advance, or foster. To give courage is another one. To promote, advance, or foster. Okay? And last week we talked about this. All of you will encourage somebody in something. All of you will. Like it would be really easy for Jackie to encourage Nick to talk right now. But see, that would be encouraging him to do something that he should not do. So that would be a bad thing. See, instead, Jackie could discourage Nick from talking. Which would be a good thing because, see, that would be helping him be obedient to what's going on right now, right? So that would be a good way to do it. Kind of like, who was it last week? Tabitha and, uh, Tabitha and Ryan last week. That's right. Yeah. So here's the deal, all right? You guys are each going to encourage people to do something. The question is, what are you encouraging people to do? To follow Jesus or to do their own thing? To follow Jesus or to follow you? Real quick, this is what Jesus said. If you cause someone to stumble, that means take their eyes off Jesus. That means you cause someone to lose, way, lose their way and do something else other than live for him. He said it would be better for you that somebody tie a giant millstone around your neck and drop you in the middle of Boone Lake. He said, now listen, he didn't say that's what's wor- what you're worthy of. He said, it's, it, it would be better for you if somebody did that because what you got coming to you is worse than that. That's what he said. If you cause someone to stumble that's trying to go after Jesus, if you encourage them to do the wrong thing or you discourage them from following God, it's better for you that you get a big rock put around your neck and someone throws you in the middle of the sea. Now, I'm not suggesting that if you call someone to stumble, you go get a big rock and throw yourself in, okay? <laughs> Obviously, God is forgiving. But the reality is we've got, what he's trying to get across to us is we've got to watch how we live. We've got to watch how we walk. We've got to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. Peyton, what are you doing? All right. So here's the deal. We got to be encouraging, and we got to encourage people to do what? To follow Christ, okay? Who should we look to for encouragement? Okay. Fellow believers? Parents? Who else? You should. These are all good answers. 
It's awesome. No, this is who should you look to for encouragement. Yes. Maybe your youth pastor, hopefully. <laughs> maybe your pastor, maybe your uh, parents, leaders in your church, youth leaders, teachers, maybe if they're like, you know, halfway on track with God. <laughs> Fellow believers. In these blanks here, put each other. What's that? Each other. Each other. And leaders, which would be parents, which would be pastors, which would be youth leaders, which would be teachers, which would be bosses, people that are Christian, that are mentors in your life, okay? You can put each other in mentors, that would work. To help pick us up in our 1 Thessalonians 5, 11 through 23, what does it say? This is last week, I'll go ahead and give them to you. We should be encouraging. Encouraging. And comforting each other, not insulting. These are some of the things we talked about last week, okay? So we got to, again, be encouraging in our speech, okay? Number two, Philippians 2, 1 through 8. We should be like, be like dirty? No. We should be like Christ in our actions. And attitude. attitude. Remember, the way you act and attitude speaks louder than actions. Must what? Sure, we can put daily in there. I've forgotten what that blank is at this point. (laughs) Comforting. Romans 12, 8. We should encourage others. It's all about encouragement, so gosh. In a warmness of heart, out of love for them. 1 Corinthians 10, 23 through 24, we should be sensitive to other people's weaknesses. All right, who's got their Bible? Who's got their Bible? Who's got their Bible? All right, 1 Corinthians 14, 4. All right, you should. All right, read it out. No, no, come up here and read it out. 
who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Okay. Who wants to read John fourteen twenty six? Jackie, come on up. Do you have your Bible? But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrances all things that I said to you. So he's going to bring to our remembrance the things that Christ has said to us, okay? You can sit down. So the next blank is the Holy Spirit. To encourage our hearts and edify us in our inmost being. Okay? One of the things this is talking about is speaking in tongues. He who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies who? Himself. The reality is, when we speak in our prayer language, if you've got a prayer language, here's the deal. It doesn't go through your mind. They've actually done scientific studies on this thing where they've looked at people's brains when they spoke in tongues and they weren't using their cognitive mind. You can take that off. They weren't using their cognitive mind. They were using another part of their brain that scientists never thought had any use before. Okay? So I like to say people who speak in tongues might be smarter. <laughs> it's not necessarily true. Um, this might mean they use more of their brain. Okay. Psalm 138. Who wants to read Psalm 138? Yes, you may come up and use my Bible. <laughs> Man, my Bible's taking on some kind of weird spiritual power or something. Beyond like what it normally has, you know, because it is the word of God. It's powerful enough. Um, the whole thing. I will praise you with my whole heart before the before the gods. I will sing praises to you. I will worship towards your holy temple, and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. In the day when I cried out, you answered me, and made me bold with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. Yes, they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord, though the Lord is on high. Yet he regards the lowly, but the proud he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the words of your hands. Okay, the next one is? What? No, no, that was, we already read that one. The blank right below, below that. We just read Psalm 138. Hmm. How about the Word of God? Hmm. 
Psalm 138, when we need to be encouraged, we need to, yes, clean, we need to what, pray, it could be pray, it could be cry out to, run to, whatever you want to put, but we need to connect with our Father, okay? Talk to, however you want to put that. I know the blanks are messed up. He is our primary encourager. Okay, what's the next blank? Can anybody tell me the next blank? Jesus is correct. Jesus. No, he's our primary encourager. And then Jesus, because he was tempted in every way as we are, but had no sin. Hebrews four fourteen through 16, who wants to read it? Taken away. Anybody want to come read Hebrews 14 or Hebrews 4? Come on, Tosh. Liv, you get the next one. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What are the blanks? Throne of grace. We can run boldly before the throne of grace for help and mercy. All right, who wants to do the last one? Olivia, come on. Sorry, I already promised it to Olivia. You can read next week, though, Josh. All next week. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, and I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Last source of encouragement? Maturity, okay. Ourself. Yeah. Okay, and the reason I use that verse is because 
as we mature, we need to understand that we need to be responsible for ourselves. Okay? This is what Paul's saying. Hey, when I was a kid, man, my mind was all over the place. I was thinking about this, that, whatever. I don't know. Okay, remember, I was, my mind kept jumping from thing to thing to thing and just doing this and that, and I needed a lot of help. But when I became a man, I put away childish, childish things. When I got mature, I put away the little stupid things I was doing. I started growing up. Instead of seeking to always be encouraged, I began to do what? Encourage. Let me tell you something. This is something Pastor Jeff will tell you. A mark... Do you know? You give more than you take. When you produce more than you consume, you, you know you're starting to grow up. Which means this. Instead of coming, and please hear me, I'm not saying that if you ever come and you're like, man, I just need some encouragement. That you're like, oh, you're just a little kid. You know? I'm not saying that. But if you find yourself always wondering, why is everybody not encouraging me? I just need to be encouraged. I just, I wish people would encourage me more. Let me tell you something. Grow up. Start encouraging other people. If you want to be encouraged, be an encourager. Okay? And that is why we're talking about encouragement. Because one of the things you said you would expect both to give and to receive at Nameless Youth this year is encouragement. So if you want to be encouraged, Jackie, if you want to be encouraged, what should you do? That's right. And how should you encourage them? Encourage them to do what? Like what kind of stuff? When I was a child, I thought like a child. I spoke like a child and I acted like a child. Walk like a child. Walk like an Egyptian. Okay. Um, that's right. That's back in the day. But listen, as you become a man or a woman, you can be 40 years old and still a little kid in the kingdom of God. Or you can be 14 and grown up. It's all about how you choose to act. Not just around other people. How you choose to live your life determines your growth in the kingdom of God. So grow up. Be an encourager. Okay? You guys know I love you? For real, do you know that? You feel it? Listen, I got two well-handled bottle caps if anybody wants them. I can't give them to you in the sanctuary. I have to wait and give them to you outside. 